podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. As you can hear, I have a big smile on my face. And of course, it's just standard routine Liverpool winning again, unbeaten, 4-1 against Cardiff. Um, A lesson to other Premier League teams, if you score at Anfield, Liverpool will go from Eric Banner to full-on Hulk on you. So don't do that again. You have been warned. 4-1 4-1 was the final result. We're absolutely buzzing, top of the league. And joining me, I have some amazing callers and a pretty awesome panel. So, you know what? Let's get straight into it. Let me introduce my guests for you for this episode. Uh, first up, I am delighted to be joined by the co-host of the Reds Review podcast, the Champions League podcast. And if that's not enough, he sometimes dabbles in the wrestling pod as well. Uh, welcome to the show, Andy Wales. Uh, greetings, grapple fans. <laughs> That's how I say. Hi, hi, Nina. Thanks for having me on. No, it's great to have you on, and I really look forward to what you have to say and the insight. And um, you know, it's a bit of you've got to have a bit of a tag team situation. So I, I've teamed Andy up. That was my attempt at a wrestling reference, people, because I don't watch the sport. But joining Andy, I am delighted to be joined by. An awesome contributor on Anfield Index. You've heard him many a times on this show and indeed on the USA podcast. It is Mr. Kev Hegarty. Welcome to the show. Hello, Nina. Hello, Andy. That was pretty good. Tag team reference. I need to update my CV, though. Andy's on way more pods than I am, but I'm happy to be here today. It's been a little while. It has been a while, and I really, really look forward to what you have to say, guys. But before I get to the nitty-gritty of it, I think we have some callers waiting, so I don't think we should keep on waiting any longer. First up, uh, when I saw this name, I had a smile on my face. It's somebody that I've had the pleasure of meeting in the flesh. He's a friend to Anfield Index. He's a subscriber of Anfield Index Pro. It's Julian Tarazi. Um, welcome to the show, Julian. Hi, Nina. How are you doing? Really good. How are you? How's how's life and how awesome is it being a Liverpool fan it's it, this is a very very good time to be a Liverpool fan the only the only shame is that in the US I have to wake up super early for some of the games um, mm-hmm. but but it's been going pretty well uh, and and uh, I enjoy it awesome awesome yeah we kind of missed not bumping into you at the games but Julian um, I believe you have a very good question so you know what hit us um, what we got uh, so my question is about the goal that we conceded, and uh, my dad and I were having a bit of an argument, uh, and I was wondering if you thought that the goal was more of a of a fluke or lucky, or if it had to do with uh, the two changes at the back. Oh, this is good. It's going to be one of those debated things, isn't it? It really is. I mean, Andy, I'm, I'm going to come to you on this one, because I'm going to give my two cents worth. I thought, as a whole, um, the team... The team defended pretty well all game. I don't think Cardiff posed any threat. I thought the defence looked really comfortable. And when I watch it back, it just seemed like a 
a freaky incident. It didn't feel like it was a defensive error of some. I want to get your thoughts. That's how it felt to me. I've not watched it back, Ollie, because I think pe- what people need to realize is as soon as the game's over, we jump on this. So, what was your initial reaction? I'm sure it'll change when we watch the replays. Yeah, obviously, you, you go back over the replays and you look at things a bit more closely and from different angles. But the first thing being, I don't think there was it was anything to do with changes at the back. I, I that I I don't think um, there was certainly a lot of luck in there and call it fluke whatever. But I do think we defended it quite poorly out on the left. There were it was you know they were too easily able to to actually get that cross in to start with. I thought we were caught a bit flat footed there. The luck came from the deflection off Van Dyke. And and then the uh, what was his name Patterson peeled off the back of um, of Lovren. Perhaps he was caught unawares, maybe caught sleeping a little bit. Maybe I'm bit, being a bit harsh there. And he just nipped in front of um, of Allison. So combination of for me a bit of poor defending between Moreno and Milner out wide, and and a huge slice of luck with the ball coming off Van Dyke. But but for me, in no way anything to do with the changes at the back. Mm, and as a whole. I'd say that they handled the, the non-existent situation pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, look, th- throughout the rest of the game, I, I thought we, we coped with what little threat there was very, very comfortably. Um, Van Dyke pretty much ran ran the show out there. There was a couple of half moments here and there where the one in the first half where Lovren just unnecessarily gave away the free kick just outside the box, and then they scored what was, you know, clearly an offside goal. Two, three of them take your pick that were offside before they forced it over the line. So, yeah, very few fleeting moments, but generally as a team, we snuffed out any sort of threats that they had. Uh, but any 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 opponent, no matter how deep they are, they're going to have some kind of um, moments throughout a game that you've got to you've you've got to come up against. They they're gonna have their little fleeting bits here and there. And and obviously the goal, huge slice of luck. Other than that, not a great deal to deal with. So I think kudos to most of not just the defence, but the midfield in front of them for, mm. for basically dealing with most of the first and then second balls for any time that Cardiff looked to break. Absolutely, Andy. Um, I, I have to kind of agree with you there. I'm going to move over now to um, Kev. You've heard what Andy said then. Of course, we've only seen, seen, seen the goal once. And my reaction, I want to get your reaction as well. When they, when they scored, I just went, ah, shit. I did sit there trying to analyse and pinpoint the blame. It just, to me, it just looked like, like Gags has just typed in the chat box there, fluky. I want to get your thoughts because we kind of discussed that the, the defence didn't have an awful lot to do. And could that, you know, if you are going to blame the defence and if you do think the defence could have been better, do you think maybe it, if you are of that belief that the defence, you know, the changes in the back were, were the contributing factors, um, given the fact that the defence wasn't really tested today, it, you know, I think there's um, a link to be made by, you know, when a team's not tested in a certain area or position we certainly see it with goalkeepers as well when they're not tested or they're not tried um sometimes there can be a lapse of concentration i want to see where you sit on this argument yeah i was actually going to say that that's something you usually talk about uh with goalkeepers when they have nothing to do except the one save to make that you need them to make but yeah it happens to defenders as well um and it could happen today i think i think that was 
Cardiff's first touch in the box, which is disappointing. May have been their only. I don't know if they had some after that, maybe. Um, yeah, I think it's just the time, the, the, the timing of the goal. And cause we weren't winning as handily as we, we probably should be, at least on the scoreline. Um, you kind of felt that, uh, it's just another one of these things we're giving up. We, you know, you're trying to look for blame, but I, I tend to agree with Andy on this and that uh, there's not much. I mean, you could, we could backtrack and go like it may have been the midfield or, you know, that kind of put us in that situation, but I don't blame the defense really on the goal. I think it happens too fast for Lovren. Like I, I, you know, I'm not Lovren's biggest fan, but I think I kind of have to defend him a bit here. I don't, I don't really place any blame on him for that. Um, the deflection, you know, what are you going to do? You have to be, you know, you'd have to be the flash to, <laughs> to figure out where that's going and then to make that sort of move. And, and, you know, he kind of just, just got away from him. I, I don't think it's anything to do with changing the defense. I think t- this is a great game to change the defense. Uh, Robertson needed a rest. Gomez definitely needed a rest. And, and we knew they were going to go long and high. And it's good to have Lovren in there, who is a good header of the ball. Um, and sit him next to Van Dyke. And, and, you know, if you have Van Dyke kind of marshalling Lovren and Moreno, who I thought was actually really good today, um, it's, uh, you shouldn't have too many problems. And we really didn't. I mean, that's, we really didn't have any problems at all. I think we were 85% possession for most of the game. We may have finished a little less than that. So mm-hmm. as you said, the defense didn't have much to do. And when you have, you need a good defense to be on when when they have something to do and for the most part they were i, I just i tend to agree with andy and and with with gags in the chat that, that it was kind of a fluke and i i don't i'd, I'd rather see the 4-0 score line especially because i put a bet on it but you know i'll, I'll take <laughs> i'll take the 4-1 as well I, I it wasn't no so to answer julian's question I, I don't think it had anything to do with uh, the changes in defense and i think this was a good game to actually change the defense yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that you kind of mentioned um, the fullbacks there as well. And I thought certainly in the first half, because I did think in the second half, we started off a little ropey, um, in my opinion. Uh, one thing that I really liked about the fullbacks, certainly in the first half, was they, they were playing more like wingers. Because literally all of uh, Cardiff's players were uh, sort of pinned back. So they had a lot of... Um, freedom to kind of roam and move forward um so i don't in that regard that is why i believe that the defense weren't tested and this was sort of the perfect game to kind of dabble with your defense and get them match fit and sharp julian i'm gonna bring you in you've heard what the lads have said i want to get your thoughts do you agree with them do you disagree with them do you have an alternative view um i i personally just think it was it was a fluke above anything else i do agree with your point though on the idea of a lapse of concentration uh, when when players. I mean, I feel like if I had to blame it on the players on anything, it would be the fact that they had literally nothing to do almost mm. the whole game, and that uh, and that the one you know, like the one time it was just unlucky. I wouldn't. I would definitely wouldn't single out a single player. While my dad, on the other hand, was was more critical of the fe- of the defense, but I think he was trying to kind of tie it into the fact that we were lacking a bit of attacking strength in the left. And he was he was thinking that that had to do more with the lack of Robbo being in the team, um, and I think he just started clumping them all together. I really, I mean, when I saw the goal, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, I didn't really, I didn't think much of it. Of course, it frustrated me. I want as many clean sheets for Allison because he's on my fantasy team, and also just for the team uh, in general. So. I, I really thought it was it was it was just really unlucky and really unfortunate that after 
I don't know, some stupid number, like 981 minutes of not conceding a goal at Anfield in the league. We do it to Cardiff in that manner, but yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think down the left, I think we were sort of lacking some um, attacking... Um, I think your dad is right. I thought, you know, down the left, we, certainly in the second half, we could have attacked uh, way more and we didn't. And I think it kind of snuffed out our attack on that side as well. Um, but you're absolutely spot on. Um, I, I just think it was fluky. And I think when you play teams like Cardiff as well, this is the time where you're supposed to kind of dabble in into the rotation thing. I mean, it's, it's just one of them things. Uh, Julian, have you got any more points you'd like to share with us? Um, no, that's actually all for me today. Thank you. Oh, well, you know what? It was an absolute honour having you on the show. Um, look after yourself. And um, I know it's not easiest waking up early. We have so many Reds from across the pond who have to wake up at silly o'clock. Completely respect and admire it. Um, so thank you. Thank you for having me on. So it was a pleasure. Well, that was Julian, our first caller. As I mentioned, um, when I saw his name on, on the call sheet, um, I had a big smile on my face. Contrasting now to how um, I completely frowned when I saw the second caller's name. <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking hell. He's like the turd that won't flush. I'm only messing. I love him, really. It's Cambridge. Shut your face, shit face. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this, the, I I made you famous. You called my show, and now you can boast about being my friend. All right, so know your place. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're lucky. I take you to Anfield when I do, and let you take all them selfies in the back of your car. So um, the lighting's really good this. in your car. The lighting's really good in your car. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that pan roof is worth it. The seventeen hundred quid extra. It is. And also, oh. listeners need to be aware that I take a lot of fashion advice from Cam. He's the trendiest <laughs> out of a lot of us. Cam, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you're, you're joined by Andy and Kev. <laughs> what point would you like to make? Hey, Andy. Hey, Kev. How you doing, guys? You all right? Hey, Cam. I missed you, buddy. Yeah. I haven't talked to you in ages. It's been too long. It's been too long, my bro. So uh, let's, let, let, me, uh, let me test you with this one, then. So, um, I made the mistake today of, um, going onto Twitter as the, when the team was announced, you know, to check the team. And then all of a sudden there was a lot of, uh, fume being retweeted. And so it got me thinking. And it's probably the first time this year I've actually thought about something. And <laughs> my thought, my thought was, um, we're playing at home, we're playing a team in the relegation spot. If we can't make changes, for this game and utilize our squad, when can we make changes? It's a fair shout. I mean, Cardiff, um, aren't they one of the worst defensive teams in the league? Worst at everything, I think. And offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Just plain worst. Yeah, just just the baddest, you know, <laughs> not in a good way. Uh, it's it's a it's a really good question because I too saw a lot of fume. And you know what, guys, let's ha- just have a discussion about this all together. First of all, I want to get your thoughts when you saw the team sheet. And you know, I want you to be honest. No judgments. I don't judge anyone. I want to get your thoughts because I saw that team and I wasn't like, oh, why is he playing and why is that person playing. It made sense to do a bit of rotating, but then on the flip side, if people are fuming, I can get why, because it's a rest week, there's no games midweek, so you kind of think, well, if it broke, don't fix it, and if you certainly, certainly want 
your your three points guaranteed and you want to hammer someone stick with the team that played red star belgrade i could i could see their point as well but for me i wasn't angry i thought you know what maybe this is the game to rest gomez and you know rest some of the players and t- and i think gags put in one of the groups as well it's very important for the players to share the chronic load because that kind of minimizes the injury risk and i think the games are going to be coming thick and fast you know towards november and december so if we can get some of these guys rested it's not a bad thing. So, guys, let's go around the table. I want to get your thoughts. Andy, I'll come to you first on that one. Well, first things first, Cam. Nina might call your names, but Cam, you rock my world. So there you go. How's about that? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, and, and I tell you what, if if you decide to stay away from Twitter when uh, when team sheets are announced, then uh, you're not alone. Because uh, I, I pretty much do the same because it's become a little bit of a thing lately. Um. Ideally, I'd love to have seen the same team announced after the performance that we put in mm. against Red Star. But yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't averse to the changes made in the defence. Totally understand Robertson needing a rest, even though yes, it is a week before we play Arsenal and Gomez. Yeah, absolutely fine with him being rested. I I prefer to just see him only played at centre back now rather than used as uh, as our backup right back as well as uh, our best. Uh, as a part of our best centre-back partnership. Uh, the only one on the team sheet that had me kind of mm, <laughs> chuntering a bit would, would have been Lalana. Just, I, I prefer to have seen Shakiri start the game, just the profile of the opponent we were taking on, the profile of Shakiri that he, the player that he is. I, I'd love to have seen him start the game, us really take it to them and bury them before half-time, and, and then we could manage the game second half. But uh, other than that, I, I was fairly comfortable, and maybe that's uh, maybe that's a sign of of how we're uh, progressing. Absolutely, and Kev, I'm going to come to you now because um, the performance against Red Star Belgrade was so impressive. But um, you know, there were some key, key, key um, performers against Red Star Belgrade, and I think a lot of people were really impressed with, of course, the attack. The attack always impresses, but I think people were really, really kind of. Um, Blown away by the midfield duo, you know, the double pivot of Eugenio Wijnaldum and, of course, um, Fabinho. And, of course, both of them two started. And I have a stat here about Ginny Wijnaldum. Um, Ginny Wijnaldum completed more than twice as many passes, 69, as the whole Cardiff team, which was 34 in the first half. One player, com- n- one player completed no passes, three others won. Okay. Um, that's from um, <laughs> I just completely butchered that stat. This is why I'm not a stat person. But there you go. Apparently, we complete one player completed more than double than any of a Cardiff's players. I want to get your thoughts because the key components started. I don't understand the theme. I think the only one that I was a bit concerned about was Lalana and Shakiri. Yeah, yeah. I tend to. I mean, selfishly, I would want the the midweek team because I just want to blow teams away. I think we could have, you know, it could have been, I mean, it could have been seven nothing today if we were on it, but, um, yeah, the, the Fabinho midweek was the one for me. He was just, he was excellent. I thought he was excellent today as well. A couple of loose passes towards the end of the first half, beginning of the second, but, you know, generally he did, he didn't really put a foot wrong. And I think Wijnaldum looks better next to him than he has done in a long time. And I think obviously the, the stats show that usually, you know, Genie kind of goes missing or we don't, or we don't see what he, what he's bringing to the team other than when he plays, we tend to win. Um, but I think next to Fabinho, he's kind of, uh, let off the leash a little bit. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, 
why he feels maybe he just feels more comfortable. Maybe it's the double pivot that's better for him than playing in the midfield three. Um, but, you know, I was saying to the couple of that group that I like, depending on the timing of the game, it would be Fabinho coming back to get the ball or Wijnaldum. They were just alternating and you'd see Fabinho up next to the front three and he's just, you can't miss him because he's huge next to those guys. Um, but yeah, they look better. But I mean, on the whole, for the team, I mean, I agree. As I said, selfishly, you'd want the same team to play. Um, I'd said, you know, yesterday or the day before that I could see Lovren coming in for this game because because of the high balls and needing to, you know, to head head balls away, and that's what he's good at: see ball, head ball. And um, and but as as you know, Cam was saying, and and you guys are saying, if you can't rotate against arguably and maybe not arguably the worst team in the league, um, you know seeing Adam Lallana in the lineup and he hasn't played much and, you know, he's, I'm not his biggest fan as as far as a starting position in this team, but if you can't play him now, when can you play him? Um, And, you know, he wasn't terrible, but he, you know, he's very rusty and he slowed the game down a bit, but he didn't really, you know, misplace passes or, you know, too much. He maybe made the wrong decision a couple of times, but, and as you said, it's, the games are going to come quick, so we're going to need all these players. And if you asked me, if I have to say, if you asked me a few years ago, I would have said, "Why is this guy playing in this team?" But now that I've been, you know, a part of Anfield Index, and I, I learn so much from from the pro side, and you know, the guys that do this for a living, that we do need to make sure chronic load is at the levels we need it to be, so that they can play and not get injured. And especially a player like Lalana, who is you know, does have a huge injury history. He doesn't really play that much. He plays less minutes than Daniel Sturridge, which is crazy, but at least over the past couple of years. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I had no qualms with the team today. I thought we should have put them away with all the kind of possession we had in the first half, and it just didn't It just didn't come. But after the changes, you know, Shakiri comes in, and he looks great, and he links up with Mo really well. And, and you know, and I think Bobby – didn't have a great game on offensively, so that's a good change. Milner may have been sort of a not the change people wanted. Maybe people wanted to see Sturridge in there, but um, but it all worked out in the end. So you know, we rested some players and we blew Cardiff away as we should, and gave up a fluky goal. But who cares? You know, <laughs> we haven't lost at home since 2017, so I'm happy. Absolutely, and Cam, I'm going to come to you. You've heard what the lads have said. I think, you know, the. I want to get your thoughts as well because I think the rotation does work because, first of all, we won. If you can't do it against Cardiff, like the two lads have said, when can you do it? Thirdly, isn't it great that uh, the, the players that impress you, like your likes of your Joe Gomez, your Shakiris, and those kind of players can sit on the bench and wait. And if shit hits the fan, you've got players like Daniel Sturridge and Cole that can come on and make a difference rather than running them into the ground and you actually having a thin, a threadbare s- squad again. Um, I, I love the fact that the bench looked really squat, um, strong again. Yeah, I mean, that that's a huge thing now. I mean, if you go back to when Klopp first took over and he used to turn around and look at look for a game changer, He's used to look in the stands for fans. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, <laughs> who is there? Exactly. And <laughs> one thing we've always said, we've always looked at other, you know, other teams' benches, and they've always had strong benches. They've always had people who can come on and can have an influence on, upon the game. And we now find you, we're getting to that stage. You know, we're still probably a couple of players short in certain positions, I think. But mm. the fact that we've got four or five players still on that bench who you know are going to have an impact, it's a huge thing. And you can't rely on just 11 players. 
to play every week, week in, week out. It does go back to like what Kev was saying. You know, if you do listen to uh, Fatigue Index and UP on AI Pro, the um, you know the stuff that you learn on there about you know chronic load and the the minutes that they need to actually play to maintain a certain level as well. It's not just about only playing 90 minutes. It's about playing 120 minutes of football in the week to keep up certain uh, metrics for them. So it's massive and it's a great place to be now where, you know, we know that clock can, can, can rotate finally. Rafa was a master at it. Rafa was brilliant at rotating his squad. He only had nine players though. But he did, he, he did it superbly. He was, he was known as, you know, for, for his rotation and people didn't like it. But then if you looked at how, I know we didn't win much, but we won a couple of trophies under Rafa. It, it was, it was, it needs to be done. And it goes back to what I said initially. I mean, I wanted the, the same 11 to start as started against, um, Red Star and then make the changes. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, like Andy said, get your free four goals, bang, then you start making your changes. But it's like, it's like the Fergie school of thought, isn't it? That's what he used to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. And, and if it worked for Fergie and you can implement it now and it works for us, why shouldn't you? So, um, and, but one final thing I will say to all those people who think, uh, Mo Salah doesn't celebrate. Go back and look at how he celebrated uh, when Mane scored. He was over, he was jumping around for joy. So um, let's put any any of those worries to bed as well. Uh, he's he's not in a happy place. Listen, we're body language experts. Okay, we know everything. <laughs> Yeah, we do. We absolutely do. I mean, I think it's really interesting, though. I think with this whole rotation thing, I mean, yeah, um, you know, the the premature fume before kickoff, um, I I don't quite get it sometimes because I just think to myself, well, especially, you know, if if he made those changes, say, against, like, Man City or, you know, he made some, you know, he bought some players in that he shouldn't have against Man City, like a top, top, top quality opposition. Mm. I get I get it. And I was like that when Lovren started against Man City. I'm not going to lie. Against Cardiff, I was just like, okay, let's just see this. I, I don't get the premature fume when it comes to, um, with, with all, with no disrespect to Cardiff, but lesser teams. But then on the flip side, though, um, I think the reason... And I think a lot of it is results-based. And I think, you know, the fact that we won and, you know, uh, he, we did get to see some of the players that we enjoyed as well. But I do believe if you win a game and um, I, I think you kind of then, you, you see it as, yeah, Klopp rotated. Had, oh God, heaven forbid, had we lost that game, it would have been Klopp fucked up. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right in everything you said there. I mean, I was... I was just before Cardiff had scored. I was just about to get my tweet ready. Now Lovren's played uh, 270 minutes of football now, and not conceded a goal, and then obviously, <laughs> you know, that fucking goal went in. I'm like, for oh, fuck's sake, why was I even thinking of it? I've jinxed it, but then I realised my stream was a minute behind, so I hadn't jinxed it. The goal had already gone in. So, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Lovren did well today. You know, he. he, he they didn't really put a foot wrong. I mean, there maybe made one challenge, uh, one free kick, which led to the uh, goal that was disallowed. Was that mm. the Lovren free kick? Was that the Lovren foul? Um, I think so. It yeah. was in the first half, yeah. No, the second half. In the second half, they scored, didn't they? 
Cardiff no, did. They, scored, no they, scored, they scored in the first... Oh, yeah, it was second half. It was second half. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yes, it, was it was at the Anfield Road end. So, mm. um, and I think it was from a Lovren foul. And, and aside from that, you know, you had a good game. And, and this is what you want. You want you need those players who do come in to step up and play at a, at a, high, at a high level. Because if they're playing at a high level, they're putting pressure on the regular starters who know, well, if I don't perform, that guy's he's playing really well as well. And he's going to come in and take my place. So it just it just bodes well for everything going forwards. Absolutely, Cam. I'm loving it. Positivity, top of the league. Uh, thank you so much for calling. Anytime. Yeah, you Thanks made some good me. points. I take all the horrible things I said back. No, no, you keep them. <laughs> uh, just wait till I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Have a great night. Enjoy. See you, Cam. That was our second caller, Cam Branch. We have a brand new caller, a debut. Um, I'm a huge fan of those on the Nina Kauza show. It's Billy Ahmed from Slough. You can follow him on Twitter at 786MBA. Welcome to the show, Billy. Hi, Nina. How's it going? You okay? All good, thank you. Um, I'm really interested and intrigued to um, see what you have to say about that game. So um, I'll give you the floor. What question have you got for the panel? Uh, it wasn't more or less a question, but it was more just to say a big well done to the coaching staff and Klopp for recognising the change that needed to be made with Shakiri coming on. Mm. I thought that pretty much changed the swing of the game and gave us more control from transition from the middle third into the final third. So I thought um, usually... We didn't have much people to turn to in the past, so it just shows how much a squad can make a difference. And uh, what my question probably will be is, do you reckon he's one of the best signings, recent signings, for the value he has been as well? Now, that's the question. Let's get into that. And you know what? It was a great point as well, actually, because if you look at the first half, whilst we had all the possession, Andy, I'm going to come to you, whilst we had all the possession in the world, I felt like soon as Cardiff went a goal down, they kind of committed all their men into into their half, made it very hard. Um, there wasn't an awful lot of space and I felt like the final quality of the ball was somewhat lacking. And although we had all these attempts, we only had one on target and it, we, it felt like we needed somebody, a certain someone, to um, bring a bit of quality. And I certainly thought Shakiri did that. I, I felt like he was linking up with the attackers really well. Um, I want to get your thoughts um, on, on Shakiri and um, I, I absolutely love him. When, when we were linked to him and for that price and given the fact that I knew how he would be involved for Liverpool, I did not see any risk in this whatsoever. I want to get your thoughts on Shakiri because what I've noticed is he comes, fucks shit up and he leaves. Or in this case, Liverpool aren't doing great. He fucks shit up, gets a goal as well. I mean, the guy, I think he just impresses. I've got to be honest and say, when we were linked with him, I had my reservations. But that was based on, from what I've seen of him in previous years, certainly at Bayern, question marks over his attitude and at times his work rate. Uh, no doubt about the talent. I mean, it was clear when he was at, Baal, at Basel, Baal, however you want to say it, that the, the talent was was there in abundance. Uh, it was just about the application and whether or not he was going to be one of them players who actually could ever sort of fulfil that potential that he, he showed. And all... All credit to him. He's he's come here, and it's been it's uh, well. I guess it's a credit to him for recognizing that, that you know this is a big opportunity for him at the age that he's at now to really sort of make a you know turn a corner in his career and really make a mark. 
he's come here with a first class attitude it seems so I said, as I said, you know, with with Cam's question, I'd like to have seen him start this game. I thought this was a tailor-made game for him, given you know his credentials and the 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 profile of the opponent that we were coming up against. Uh, in terms of substitutions, yet yeah, bringing him on at sixty minutes when he brought when Klopp brought him on was absolutely the, the right thing to do. I wasn't so keen on Firmino being replaced by Milner. I felt like that was a bit of a negative move, in my opinion, for the way that the game was poised at that moment. I felt like bringing Sturridge on for Firmino, we could really have just gone on and completely buried them at that point. But yeah, first half, I mean, the Lalana chance, that was only our second um, effort on target, right, you know, in the injury time in the first half from 12 opportunities and the only other one being the more Salah goal. So, Opening twenty minutes, yeah, we were on. Well, we were dominant throughout, but then opening twenty minutes, we were we were probing and pressing for opportunities, and then we just kind of took our foot off the gas. We eased up, and we took it easy, and and it was starting to look a little easy for for Cardiff. It was a case of maybe they were going to try and you know damage limitation, keep managing managing it and managing it, and hopefully pinch something. And it took the introduction of Shakiri for us to kind of get out of that malaise and get back on it, get the foot back on the accelerator. And that's exactly what happens. We got the second goal. Yeah, we then conceded, but that was it. Like you said at the top of the show, um, <laughs> you know, that goal just made us mad and you don't want to see us when we're mad. And it, it was a, it was a, an impressive cameo from Shakiri on what's been an impressive start to his Liverpool career. And in terms of his transfer, the value, what we signed him for, he looks like he will be a fantastic buy, and I say at the moment it looks like because I don't I don't want to jinx it. Uh, just keep doing what he's doing, and, and I and I think in the you know two three years we could be looking at the signing of Shakiri, something similar to how we look back on the Gary McAllister signing. You know we picked him up mm-hmm. on a free, and it's like one of them canny bits of business that you do that turn out to be a real difference maker to that team. Absolutely, I'd agree with pretty much most of that. Kev, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, um, of course, Billy's initial question, uh, Klopp's tactical substitution, kind of, you know, noticing that we need a bit of spark, a bit of creativity, and I, I have that in in Shakiri. And I want to get your thoughts on Shakiri as well. What do you make of him? Because I think one of the reasons why... I mean, like like I said, I was really impressed with this signing. And I think one of the reasons was purely because I knew how he would be used. I, you know, I kind of know the front three pretty much pick themselves. But he's just another asset off the bench that can make a difference. And I feel like he, when he comes on, he really wants to prove a point that, hey, I'm good enough. I can mix in with these guys. Consider me. I'm good. And I feel like he's very, very effective because much like, much like storage, I feel like Klopp's really managing his minutes. Yeah. And I, I quite like that. So I want to get your thoughts. I mean, do you agree? Do you disagree? Have you got an alternative view on that? Yeah. So Shakiri, I've always been a fan of. Um, I was hesitant uh, when we were linked with him, not because he isn't a good player, but because I didn't know how he would sort of flow or fit into the, you know, into the team. We play a very specific way. Um, and I understand he was a good player in a shit team for about three or four years. 
Um, and before that, there may have been some attitude problems. There may have been some um, or perceived attitude problems or, or some sort of settling in problems. But we're getting him at 27. So we're getting most likely his best years. Um, and at that price, it's worth the risk. And it's, I'm thinking pound for pound, both literally and figuratively, it's a, it's one of the best signings I've seen in a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to Billy's first point today, it's, that was the substitution everybody was calling out for. And Klopp made it and I think he made it at the right time at about, about the half hour mark. And, and Shakiri comes on and, and as you said, he just comes in and fucks shit up, man, <laughs> and in a good way. And, uh, you know, he causes a bit of chaos. He's, he's clever with the ball. He, he, he's, uh, willing to take risks with the ball and he makes a great pass. Um, well, more than a few great passes and he, and he also gets himself a goal. So, um, which the goal, that goal is like a, is a very Liverpool goal scores you know a lot of quick mm. passing we're too fast for the defenders he sits everybody uh, it sits everybody down and just passes it into the net um and he and he deserved it um yeah and and as far as him my reservations of him settling into the team uh gags was saying b- before the show you know there's a chance bobby might have to watch out here because he hasn't been playing great i mean he's He's got a few goals recently, and um, but you know he hasn't been at his best. He may have sort of a World Cup hangover. He may, you know, still he may be, you know, just not clicking as well as he wanted to in the beginning of the season. And and we have players like Sturge and Shakiri that can come in and and do damage for us. And that's a it's a great problem to have because it pushes everybody to be better. And you know, as Andy was saying, Shakiri wants to come on and and wants to do well and. As you were saying, you know, wants to mix it up with everybody, and he's proved he he belongs here. I think, and you know, so as I said to answer Billy's question, I think it's it's one of the better signings I've seen in a, in a long time by us, especially at that price. Um, and and he's bought into Klopp's philosophy, and and he seems to be kind of an affable and funny guy, and he and he works hard, and he's an absolute unit for how tall he is. And I just think he's kind of a unique uh, sort of player that that gives us another another look at goal and another option for for all the games we're going to have this series uh, season. I think he's going to be really important for us. So I'm really happy when he plays. I have no mm-hmm. qualms with him starting or coming on as a sub. Um, yeah, I, I really like the guy. He's 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 been great for us so far. <laughs> you know what? No arguments from me. I'm going to bring Billy in. I think you know it. I love the fact that you know. He comes on and he scores a goal as well in front of the cop. And I thought he took it so well as well. And it was at such a crucial time as well because Liverpool looked quite nervy when they conceded, in my opinion. They, you know, it looked like, oh, Cardiff might get back into this. And I think the commentators were sort of over-egging it as well. Like, oh, Cardiff looked great. And I think he, he pretty much killed them as soon as he scored that goal. That was it. And then another one, um, of course, um, Mane, um, extended the lead but that's one thing I love about him and I think the reason why a lot of people are so happy with the Shakiri business is because of where the club are right now um if you go back to four years ago um when um you know Luis Suarez left and the replacement was maybe somebody like Mario Balotelli now if Mario Balotelli was was an option in this team I would have zero qualms about it because I'd be like well you're not really going to feature you're going to be a threat off the bench and you could work in that situation but I felt like there was too much pressure on the guy and he couldn't deliver because the setup just wasn't right for him but I feel like with this one it feels like it's really been cleverly scouted out 
the guy knows his role. He knows that he's good enough. He knows the front three are good enough. And he, when he does come on, he's a lovely mix. It's not like he's trying to compete or trying to be better than anyone. He does come across as a very, very much selfless team player. I want to get your thoughts on him. Yeah, I would pretty much uh, concur with everyone's thoughts on this. What I will mention is three points. I've heard a lot about that attitude. I actually had him down for a 15 million bargain because what me and my friends do twice a season during the winter and summer transfer, make a list of players from clubs potentially who are going to get relegated and obviously bargains or end-of-term contracts. And I had him down. I've never actually questioned his attitude because when Klopp goes for a player, I think that's one of the first things he looks into. Do you want to come? You know my system. You know my philosophy. You're going to work for me. So as soon as Klopp, I thought well, we were linked with him. I thought, you know what? I've not got issues with his attitude. At Bayern Munich, I, I don't think he got the C and he was unfortunate because he had two world-class wingers ahead of him. With Stoke, sometimes it happens where you're trying and trying and you just, you basically, you do your best that you can by other, other team members and perhaps letting you down or the pressure on all on your shoulders was too much. But I, I, can't, I was trying hard to think the last time that I remember someone who knew he was going to be, a, I think it'd be a bit disrespectful to say bit part player, but someone who comes off the bench who's so happy. If you look at today's game, I noticed in the 70, start of the 73rd minute, the 72nd, he mislaid one pass and he was so vexed with himself. And I thought, wow, it was a simple pass. We were winning the game. And at that point, I thought, you know what? This is what I'm talking about. This attitude, this hunger. Yeah. And I think the same thing has happened with Sturridge. When he went away, he's realized that this is an opportunity. Even if you have to work yourself back into the squad, back into the starting eleven, this is something you're going to cherish. And the smile on his face, I think, is infectious. And I definitely mm. agree with you, the commentators, and playing it up. It was a fortuitous goal. But I think the crowd, <laughs> I think we're not used to conceding for such long that we did get a bit nervy. But then the nerves calmed straight away and uh, long may it continue. I, I think his impact has been brilliant. And what a way to start your career. Bicycle kick away at United in a friendly. I mean... That was just the perfect beginning, and uh, <laughs> long may it carry on. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he's been. I think he's been one of the bargains, one of the bargains, if not of the summer, and if not of uh, Liverpool's tenor, especially under FSG. If, if you look at it, I, I think he has been. If you look at how inflated the market is, so overall, I'm happy. Brilliant tactical substitution, lovely cameo, and uh, hopefully it carries on. And if you look at his games per minute ratio and his assists, he's right up there. It's great. And, you know, you've got Daniel Sturridge as well, mixing in with the numbers as well. You know, a good headache for Jurgen Klopp, no doubt. But, Billy, thank you so much for your call. You're welcome. Take care, guys. Bye. You too. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was Billy, our last caller on this Nina Kaza show. Excellent question from him as well. Uh, what a way to mark your debut on the Nina Kaza show. Um, lots to, lots of positives there with Shakiri. And you know what? He's transitioned me in nicely for my final little segment of the show. We are, we've got to discuss the strikers, right? Uh, they seem to get, get all the attention. And Kev, I'm going to come to you first because, um, we're going to obviously talk about more and stuff, but um, I want to get your thoughts on Bobby Firmino because I do share your sentiments. I felt like his touch seemed a little heavy. His passing was a little off. Um, you know, those were the kind of things that were kind of frustrating me. And he was trying to make himself known in the middle of the park, but I felt like he was loose. You know, he was like losing some sloppy balls and just playing some loose passes, uh, which is. It's happened a few times from this this season, but um, 
you know, for a fabulous player, um, I, I did think he had a bit of a poor game. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, he was, um, I thought he was decent defensively as usual. It's sort of, um, he kind of doesn't really have bad games on the defensive side of the ball, for, especially for a forward or a number 10 or whatever the hell Bobby Firmino is. Um, but yeah, aside from that, like neat little flick he did down by our, uh, our touchline <laughs> between yeah. the, between the players' legs. Like, yeah, other than that, his, his touch was way off, I thought today. And he just wasn't making good decisions on the ball. Um, and, you know, his passes were really loose and he was just giving the ball away a lot. And I don't know, I don't know what the cause of that was. Maybe, you know, Cardiff were crowding him out or he just. Yeah, there was a lack of space. There was definitely a lack of space in the box. I mean, like, and I know he likes to play the gorgeous little three ball and, you know, he, he likes to kind of orchestrate just, you know, sort of behind, you know, work behind the scenes with, um, you know, Mossalas and uh, mm-hmm. Sadio Mane's pace. And I don't think he could really do that at all effect. Uh, so I think it's a valid point. And I want to get your thoughts because you kind of mentioned something earlier that you were kind of disappointed to see him hooked or, you know, or, or the Milner substitution, which was a bit negative. But I think um, I want to get your thoughts. He definitely needed to come off, though, because I felt like it's, it was almost like he needed a rest. Yeah, he absolutely had to come off. I, mm. Personally, I, I'd have considered taking him off at half time. Yeah, you wanted Sturridge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd have preferred to have seen Sturridge come on for for Bobby rather than Milner. Um, I, I thought I thought Bobby was really poor today. I thought he was our poorest player out there on shore, yeah. and that's and and it's very rare when you you can say that. Uh, he was coming really, really deep to receive the ball in just in the opening two three minutes. He was coming right deep into the midfield to come and receive the ball. So I, mean, I don't know what it is. You mentioned there, you know, that there wasn't a lot of space. They were very deep. You could see from from the uh, the the map of all the touches in the in the uh, on the pitch from the first half. You know, there was nothing in our box, and it was very heavy around the Cardiff, where well, the Cardiff box and and anywhere within thirty yards of their goal. So yeah, there wasn't a lot of space, and there wasn't them kind of areas that he likes to operate in. And certainly, I think the Arsenal game and the way that they, the, the kind of style in the way that they've started the season, they're, they're looking to try and keep the ball at the back, use the goalkeeper, roll it around, pass it between the back four. That is 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 a game an opponent absolutely tailor made for Firmino, and and hopefully we'll see him get his mojo back in this uh, in that game, because today he just he just was well off it. His everything, his touch, his pass, the the lot. There was one, there was a break, Moreno. I think it might have been a corner or something like that, but Moreno was breaking with the ball. He was making the run out wide. He passed the ball inside to Firmino, which I actually thought was the wrong pass to make anyway, but he played it into Firmino, and then it was kind of a sloppy touch, and then he was caught on the ball, like unawares, and I think that just kind of summed up his day today. He really wasn't at the races whatsoever, and and it's a shame given that, you know, he put in a good performance once he got his goal against Red Star. For the rest of that game, he played really well. So he's he's not been at his best this season. There's you know there's no two ways about it. But maybe he just needs uh, you know a couple more goals or something like that, something to get his confidence really flowing mm. and, and maybe see him back to his best. But I'm hopeful that he's he certainly starts against Arsenal and we play you know the lads up front. And we go at Arsenal and press them high like we would do, and then we'll see, you know, the the kind of things that we're, you know, the the style that and the 
the panache that was so you know synonymous with um because it was that that was the thing you know and Mane wasn't great today but you know he still got a couple of goals he was still he still had his moments and and more you know that there's a lot being talked about more this season he's not been on it but now he's got was it four goals in the space of a week and and I thought you know a goal and two assists today I thought he played really well he was our best player out there today so you know by contrast maybe it's starting to come together for the other guys hopefully Bobby this you know over the next week against Arsenal is back in it as well and then you know we in a couple of weeks time we can look back and go hey you know what were we worried about yeah time for me to butcher another stat this is from <laughs> at Sky Sports Stato uh Andy just queued this one in nicely Mohamed Salah now has 50 Premier League goal involvement since joining Liverpool in January 2017. 12 more than any other player in that time. Salah has 37 goals and 13 assists. Next comes in Harry Kane with 38 involvements. I think I did all right with that stat. It was almost like I believed what I was saying. Like I, but is he smiling? Sense. You said, Jan- smiling? You said January 2017 and not July, but it's all right. Carry on. I meant July, people. You know what? If I didn't make a blunder, would it really be the Nina Kauza show? <laughs> I, I, I want to know what the stats are on his smiles. How many times has he smiled this season? We'll, we'll go straight over to our body language expert <laughs> team, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> over on AI Pro. Yeah. Maybe you know. Maybe we should start a pod to rival under pressure and call it "Resting Bitch Face" <laughs> and see how many times a player frowned. I'm sure Virgil Van Dijk wins those hands down, guys. Uh, Kev, I'm going to come to you about Marcelo because I think Andy's absolutely spot on. He looks so up for it against them at Red Star Belgrade, and it was pretty pretty much the same. I mean, the first goal. What I loved about that goal was um. It, <laughs> There was a lot of things I enjoyed about the first half. I felt like there was an element of surprise every time the ball kind of ricocheted off a Cardiff plane and ended back at a Liverpool attacker's feet. And that goal, I think it was, um, I think, uh, was it Sadio Mane who tried having a swipe at it? And I think Firmino did as well. And then, of yeah. course, it went out to... Um, the lads. Yeah, and then it, it went to Mo and, you know, he uh, near post, just lovely. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, so the narrative around Mo has been... Well, frankly, it's been wrong. It's just that it, we're so used to seeing him score like a hundred goals a week that people are like, well, he hasn't been, you know, at his best and he's been having a terrible season. He, he really hasn't. He's kind of matched last season sort of goal for <laughs> goal for mm-hmm. goal by this point. And like his XG is still top of the league and, you know, and he's still in the league. I think he's got five goals now, three assists or four assists, something like that. And, uh, yeah, he's been fine. It's just when you see him full, like in full flight and sort of, you know, pulling strings and doing all the right things, like he actually did today, people feel better about it. But in recently, he has been doing all that stuff. He just, his shots were, are, you know, saved well or they're just off target or, you know, he's, he's been fine, I, I think. And, and, but I'm glad to see that the narrative has changed on him because, you know, if he, I don't know if he reads the press, but if he reads the press now, it'll probably look better than it has been recently um yeah mo's been fine he's he's gonna be fine he's gonna get lots of goals this season um our front three are gonna get a ton of goals this season and then you add sturge and shakiri and you know and hopefully keita and even lalana and and we're in business and uh yeah and and i think the the rule or the lesson should be that every time you you should criticize mane a lot because every time i saw criticism of mane come across he he just scored immediately afterwards so 
So that's good. It was a good day, I think, and, and Mo's fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not... say, sorry, can I just say uh, the thing I like about that first goal that you you mentioned it, Nina, there, you know, the way the ball seemed to fall nicely for us. Similar on the second goal, it's just sheer persistence from Manny. But the first, yeah. like Mo on the first goal and Manny on that second goal, they just smashed it in the net. You know, no messing, Weak smash foot. it. How do you kick it that hard? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that as well. I, I love the fact that, you know, they are just such deadly strikers. And, you know, I think anyone saying, more, um, you know, more Salah's off it, just look at that stat and, you know, think twice about what you have to say on the man. Andy, you kind of spoke about Marnie and it, it's, again, this is a sign of, you know, quality right there. Had a bit of a quiet half. Uh, we, we thought he was being a bit quiet. There wasn't much attack going on. Uh, there wasn't much, you know, attack on his side um but when it mattered he scored and i think you know it's a big fuck you to anyone that sort of criticizes or doubts i thought he i thought this is what it's all about uh you know players that can come on and make a difference and i felt like we definitely definitely woke up and we looked more aggressive in attack certainly when shakiri was thrown into the mix yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I don't know what the stats will be like in terms of um, how balanced that our attack was. It seemed to be going more down the right than the left in the first half, and he was mm. fairly quiet. But yeah, once Shakiri came on, it you know on the eye, it looked like we were spreading the play more. We were using both sides of the pitch, getting Marnie more involved. Like I said, sheer persistence. He gets the first goal. The sec his second goal late on. Oh, that, that ball from Salah! That, that, oh, God. Yeah, I mean. It was, you know, the the ball in, the ball into more, and then the diagonal run from Marnie as well. That driving run, and, mm. and it's like that appetite. He knew that it was on. Uh, the lovely little pass to him, and and the finish as well. It was just fabulous, and you know that that was not the, you know the the hunger, the the desire, the the finish from a player who uh, who's who's bang out of form and and, and not happy. So it's uh, yeah, it was. It was lovely, you know. He took his goals really well in in both in in the two different ways. You know, like I said, the first one absolutely smashed it, no messing with his mm -hmm. weaker foot as well. Yeah. Second one, delicious, delicious chip or dink over the keeper. So, yeah, he took his goals really well, and and hopefully we'll see him back on the score sheet uh, a little more regularly now. Absolutely, and Kevin, he's another one that's kind of scoring again as well because of course he got his goal against Red Star Belgrade after that penalty, which was hilarious. But absolutely, yeah. you know, smashed it in. But it's great. To, uh, you know, considering the attack has been under a lot of, I don't know, criticism before the international break, that they're not scoring an awful lot. But they never really needed to score an awful lot because the defence was holding on to their end of the bargain by not letting teams can score. So therefore, the pressure was off. But these guys can do it, will do it. And I I actually have zero qualms about the attack. I, I, I didn't have them to begin with. Yeah. So Mane, Sadio Mane is one of my favorite players for, for Liverpool. Um, he was, uh, yeah, I guess early on in the season where we were sort of more, I mean, it was obvious we were more defensive minded and, and with good reason. And we were, you know, we racked up a ton of points. Um, and, and obviously that paid off. And now against, you know, these next couple of teams, we've kind of sort of been let off the leash. So they're sort of getting back into form of, 
blasting teams away. Uh, we struggled a bit against Huddersfield, and obviously against Red Star, we were fine, and today we were fine. And, and Mane, along with Salah and Firmino and, you know, and Shakiri even, and Sturridge, obviously, because he did it against Chelsea, can just pull, even if they're not playing ter- like great, they could just pull things out of a hat. And, and, and if they can't do it by skill, which, you know, which is, you know, the free flowing goal, with uh Mane for Mane second, then they do it by like Andy said, just by grit and determination, which was his first. And uh, we got a few players like that, and that that only bodes well for us. And uh, yeah, I think the attack is is fine, and I think it was by des- uh, design that we were defensive earlier in the season. And I think it was pretty obvious today, or at least to me. I mean, I'm sure there's analysts that could tell me for sure, but it looked like attacking down their right was by design. Especially in the first half for us, maybe we their their left back is a weak link or something, or I, I don't know much about the Cardiff team. So, but yeah, as you said, when Shakiri came on, we kind of opened up both sides, and it led to you know we had, we ended up with a bunch more goals, which we fully deserved. So yeah, the attack's fine. Mane's great, as I said. Salah's great. Bobby needs to step up a little bit, or he may lose his spot for a little while, which is only it's only a good problem to have for us and for Klopp. Um, yeah, Liverpool's fun. We're always fun. And you know what? Great motivation for the front three as well, knowing that yeah. there is genuine quality. When you look to that bench, it's not a, a young Dom Solanke who's not been proven. You know that there is genuine right. competition on that bench. It's fucking brilliant. You probably look at that bench and think, shit, you know, and that's, it's great. You know, it's great for Klopp as well. Guys, I want to finish up with one last thought. Andy, I'm going to come to you because Kev briefly spoke about this. He, you know, the, the midfield combination of... um. Gini Wijnaldum, who has been our most consistent midfielder, in my opinion. I love that, considering, you know, again, there was question marks over him last season. And Fabinho, I think they work so well. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you first. How refreshing has it been seeing Klopp tinker with the formation and kind of play the 4-2-3-1? It's, it's certainly a good thing because, again, you know, if we if we rock up with the same formation every single game, yeah. And we try to we try to fit players into that formation, where you know, in, in cases where they, perhaps they don't ideally fit to it, it, it makes us predictable, and teams can prepare for us. But if we can switch between two or three formations, then again, just makes us that little bit harder to prepare against and set up against us because we can do this or we can do that. And if we think you're going to set up like this to counter us, well, then we'll change it around and we'll do this instead. Uh, and I think Shakiri at the moment, because there's there's Possibly still some reservations about his defensive um, capabilities in the side. It, you know, it, it's it's almost like he's when he's playing, it's more suited that we play the four-two-three-one, and we can use him in a, in a kind of free role. So, it, horses for courses for in terms of planes, in terms of personnel, and in terms of formations. So, it, we we're not we, we're not the same side week in week out this season. You know, the, from last year, it was fantastic. It was, you know, it, it was just blistering to watch at times. But it could also be, sometimes could be a little bit predictable because you knew exactly how we would play and how our shape would be and who was going to play. Whereas this season, we've been a bit more pragmatic at times. We've changed our shape around and then we've had different players doing different things. Uh, and like you said, that you know, Van Alden has, has been has absolutely been our most consistent performer this season. He he's certainly in midfield. He's been very very good. I think he's he's just stepped up another level. Uh, and him alongside so looks 
looks a really good pairing. And mm. there may be games, you know, against certain opposition where they're going to be more heavy in the midfield where we, we need to change that around and we do need that third person in there. But against these kind of opponents where they're going to sit deep, I mean, it, it for me, absolutely makes sense. Them two can look after it. What I did notice was, while Fabinho, while we had the centre-backs kind of driving forward, you know, to try to sort of break the lines with the ball, you had Lovren and Van Dijk doing it, carrying the ball into midfield. It wasn't Fabinho who was dropping in and covering for them. He was holding his position in central midfield. It was Wijnaldum that was dropping in mm. and taking up that centre-back role in their absence as they were driving on, trying to, you know, kind of break up Cardiff. So it, it's that intelligence oh, and everything. It's it's um, it, I just... <laughs> it's really fascinating to watch how you know we we become so multifaceted, and and some of our players become so multifaceted. So we're it, it's it can only bode well for the future, I think. Absolutely, I saw it a few times. Van Dyke casually just chilling in their penalty box. <laughs> no, did anyone else notice that? Out, yeah. <laughs> when he hit, yeah, when he hit the post with that header. Yeah. yeah, and just kind of like loitered there for a few minutes. I was like, okay. You, you, even after you, a corner, yeah. he just hangs out for a little while just in case. <laughs> Absolutely. Kev, have you got any thoughts on the 4-2-3-1 formation? I, I think uh, the, the beauty of uh, formations and Klopp being flexible is the fact that his players are flexible, right? Yeah. He's, you know, yeah. he's got different formations on midfields. But as a whole, I do, from all the midfield pairings, I, think, I thought, I actually thought Keita Milner... And Ginny was really nice at the beginning of the season. I thought that worked really well because we were actually loading so much praise on the midfield. They completely bossed the game. But I love the fact that this duo works so well as well. And it's 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 no coincidence that Ginny Wijnaldum suits it. Yeah. I mean, Ginny can play in, in a number of... I think that's why he's really important for us. He's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He's, he can play in a number of different formations. And I think... As Andy was saying, you know, it's, it's, it only bodes well that we can do things like this. We played a flat three for a long time this season so far. And then we play the staggered three in the normal four, three, three that we play. And now we can play the four, two, three, one, which was Klopp's sort of preferred system at Dortmund. And, uh, yeah, one of them's pretty good in, in all, in all of them. So it, it's, it's great. And I actually didn't notice him dropping back for the center back. So that's, that's interesting. I'm going to have to go back and take a look at that. Um, and I was, I was saying during the match that Fabinho gets forward a lot. <laughs> um, um, and I think special mention for him because I think these past two games, he's been excellent and, yeah. uh, he's showing the player that we bought and, um, it's just taking him time. Like Klopp said, you know, the same with Robertson. It just took some time to get used to the system. And I'd really, I'd be curious to see Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Keita when he's back in the system because, Okay, you could play. You could potentially play a three with that, or you could still keep the four-two-three-one because Keita can play box to box or attacking midfielder. So I'd be curious to see how that looks. And you know, we have a number of different options now when they're healthy. We we have a number of different options now. Um, and as Andy said, it only bodes well. Um, but yeah, Genie and Fab were, were great today, and, and Fab's been great for past couple games. Games and, and Genie's been great pretty much for the season. Yep, zero arguments from me. I'm absolutely enjoying the fact that Klopp is actually looking at the injuries and thinking, right, okay, well, I'm just going to tinker with my formation then. And it's it's working. And once Keita comes in, I think maybe then we do revert back to a three. But yep um it just shows patience is a virtue as well look at you know Fabinho it was it was worth the wait he's looking like he is looking like the real deal I love him I love the fact that he is so um forward thinking as well he might be a DM but he's not just oh I'm gonna break up play and then 
play the easiest option or, or you know, play the easy pass. Not the case. Certainly against Red Star Belgrade, looking up, spraying balls across to um to Trent Alexander Arnold. I, I just think he's he's been brilliant in the little glimpses that I've seen of him and I'm excited to see what he has to offer. And I actually can't wait to see him in a midfield three as well. I want to see what he brings there as well. Right. You know, whether he's comfortable and has he picked it up. So I'm very intrigued with him, but so far so good. I'm very happy. Guys, this is the end of the talking points. Have you got anything else that you feel you need to get off your chest before we move forward and go to man of the match? Uh, no, I don't. I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, and you know, let's just keep winning matches. I've got something to say. If <laughs> if, if a defender puts his hands or around a striker in the penalty box, it's a penalty. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, the one on more. I heard a yeah. lot of people saying it yeah. was soft, but it, I mean, he may have. It, it did look like he went down easy, but. He needs to take diving lessons for money. He needs to take diving lessons for money. He can't hug a player in the box. I think think it's just one of those referees who doesn't like to make brave decisions and will play it safe because because he kind of delayed, went down. Anywhere else on the pitch outside the penalty area, he gives it as a foul. As soon as it's in the penalty area, for him it's got to be perceived as a bad foul in order to give a penalty, but... You know, those aren't the rules, but unfortunately, uh, the, the referee today was was not one of the better ones in the league. No, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Liverpool supporter, because had, um, you know, for example, Virgil van Dijk been in that situation where he had his hands all around, um, say, a Cardiff player or any player in the box, and he basically made zero attempt to, you know, play the ball or win the ball, then I, and the ref gave a penalty, I'd have zero arguments. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to just keep it real with you. You just don't do that. For me, that's a penalty all day, every day. Um, Andy, have you got any other um, uh, any other points before we go to man of the match? No, the, the, I think it just, uh, it's only fair that we point out, you know, to, look, today's game was not a thriller by any means. You know, we weren't, we weren't bad, but we, we, we were, we were, we were comfortable. We were dominant. But we were also short, you know, periods of malaise where we were a bit sloppy. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to see that, you know, when Shakiri came on the pitch, you know, when we could be, we could step up that tempo and then we had enough about us to look really dangerous. So, yeah, it, you get that feeling that, you know, it, it, obviously it's nice to to get the three points. It's nice to have a 4-1 win. You get, you still have that feeling that there's there's more to come from us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, guys, uh, that is pretty much it, all the talking points. Uh, man of the match time before we close this show off. Uh, Kev, I will come to you first. Ooh, uh, tough one. I, well, sounds like my daughter's awake if the background noise. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it was, a, I was really thinking Fabinho or Wijnaldum. I thought they were great, uh, mm-hmm. today, but, I think I got to give it to my man Mo because mm. he was just involved in everything. A goal and two assists and uh he looked back to his back to his best and and all good things went through him today. So I'm going to give it to Mo Salah. Can't really argue with that. Good shout. What about yourself, Andy? Uh, I think like Kev mentioned, you know, Fabinho and Van Aldum deserve a mention for their performance in the midfield. They were good. Uh, Van Dijk was very comfortable at the back and obviously as we mentioned, very very unlucky with their goal. Um, but yeah, I've got to go along with Kevin Mo Salah. 
our best player on the pitch today, definitely. Yeah, and and of course, an honourable sh- uh, shout to Shakiri for his performance when he came off uh, came off the bench and, and made a difference. But yeah, more Salah, definitely man of the match for me. I'd agree with all them shouts. And it is a hat-trick for Mo Salah because I am going to go there as well. But that will not be the first time you hear that, given how he's playing this season. I'm sure he'll get proper hat-tricks on the pitch, but just incredible. I love the fact that he looked back to his his old self of last season, just devastating and, uh, you know, two assists as well. I mean, there's nothing more you can ask of a striker. He just looked great. Um, That is it for the Nina Kaza show. A massive thank you to our callers there. They actually provided some excellent talking points, so massive thank you to them. Massive thank you to Andy and Kev, but before I let them go, do they have anything to plug? Kev, I'll come to you first. I have literally nothing to plug, so just you can find me on Twitter, at Kev Hegarty, if you want to talk football, and other than that, um, stay tuned in to Anfield Index and all things that come out. Nice. I uh, have on uh, on Twitter. He's one of the good ones. Uh, not much fume there. Talks a lot of sense. <laughs> he pays me to say stuff like that. And Andy, what about you? Have you got anything to plug? I've got the, the latest edition of the Reds Review with myself and Guy. It'll be out over the next uh, week. Uh, it should be, yeah, over the next week, we've got the, the next Reds Review coming out, obviously looking back on everything that's happened throughout mm-hmm. October and looking ahead to November as well. So there's always a lot to that we try and squeeze into that show so please do check it out absolutely and do of course the Reds Champions League there'll be another game against Red Star Belgrade in a you know in a fortnight's time and uh, I'm pretty certain Andy will be doing a preview for that as well so keep it on Anfield Index and you know you'll hear more from him for my part please do keep it locked here and keep it on AI Pro as well there is a seven day free trial all you've got to do is go to anfieldindex.com forward slash join there's a seven day free trial there is some awesome content Jan Mulby was brilliant um for on Mulby on the spot you know there's under pressure the guys break down the numbers there's some incredible content I did Euro incision as well I was joined by Gabrielle Marcotti so do check that out some awesome content from some of the very best opinions and voices in the game so that's from me um thank you so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed that ease off on the fume pump the brakes on that shit enjoy the reds we're still unbeaten up the reds till the next episode Podcast Network.